Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Today our show is an interview with pro walleye angler Ed Stahusky. We're discussing how to make your own tackle. He's representing Jan's Netcraft in the interview and has some great insight on how he makes his own gear. Enjoy the show, and we'll see you next week. I'm at Jan's right now at their shop, but uh, they do most of their business, you know, through catalog and online, you know, but they do have a retail storefront here too. But uh, um been a sponsor of mine for a long time and great friends that I have here. But what what's really great about tackle craft is if you want to make something unique or you feel like there's something that doesn't exist in the market, you know, you have the capability to make whatever you need. So yeah, I mean that, that's when when I think jams, that's what I think of is the is the tackle crafting part of it. I mean they've got like every component you know known to man. Did they see, did they see a big push you know during the panty here uh, of you know people that were at home you know was that a thing where people were making more of their own tackle or yeah I think they saw both sides of that right you you have people that had some time to do that and then the ability to get things right so yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. You, you have both of those things coming and then probably more creative time for people right I know I tried some different stuff during the pandemic just to kind of like, well, I've always wanted to make this, so I might as well try it now. No better time than the present when you're locked up at home, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit of some of the product lines and what type of, of lures can you make? I mean, what what is what does the lineup look like? Yeah, so I was going to talk about a couple things, but, you know, I mean, there's things like, you know, jig molds, right? You know, they've got the whole array. I think they, they might sell the most do-it molds in the, you know, like, you know, so many of them they, they do, they, you know, up to the powder paint, you know, everything for injection molded plastics and then components for building, you know, inline spinners, components for spoons, you know, crankbait blanks. You've got everything for making harnesses. And I was going to talk a little bit about harnesses and, and particularly like clevises and like why you should choose one over another and kind of what I kind of look at when I'm pulling harnesses and why I go from, you know, one clevis versus another. So. Yeah. Yeah. Please do that. I'd love to see it. Yeah. So I picked a really tricky component to show on a camera. Right? <laughs> Especially with a network with a herky jerky yeah. connection. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, one thing that like to be careful of, and it depends on like what kind of line you're going to tie or wire you're going to put your clevis on, but there is a clevis called a wire clevis and I'm going to hold that up there real nice and close. Yeah, it shows you good. Can, it's good actually. Yeah. yeah. You can see that, right? Um, it is a wire clevis, right? It's, it's, it's a single piece, right? With a, with a hole drilled through it. Um, really good on wire because it has that, that very little friction, right? It's spinning real nice but you do have some sharper edges on it. So if you're going to use wire line or actual wire and you're tying, you know, a, you know, an inline spinner or you're tying harnesses up where you're pulling them through some pretty abrasive stuff, or you're dealing with pike, these clevises are pretty nice, right? Because they're going to spin on there and you, you know, you're going to dedicate that harness to one particular um, 
uh, blade type and you're going to reuse it over and over again. These are really nice, right? Pretty economical and you can tie a ton up and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. You do not want to put this baby on mono or any type of regular line, right? Because these these openings on here are going to start to wear holes or wear, wear through that line and you can break your line and lose everything, you know, the whole kitchen sink behind it. So that's that's one type of clevis that, you know, you're going to you're really going to use it with metal uh, applications like either this this wire where you're bending up a, uh, an inline spinner like you know making a weight forward spinner that you're going to cast for walleye or even like inline spinners you're going to cast for trout or bass or or musky um, the next type which everybody's really familiar with but probably uh, uh, have kind of had uh, you know good and bad things with it um, are these uh, quick change clevises. And then hopefully you can see it really good really right here. Really great for when you want to change between like, let's say, you know, the water's really clear one day or it's really dirty. And I, you know, I, I want to change between, you know, I'm going with a gold or I'm going with a, with a chartreuse blade and I'm switching up really fast. What's really nice about it is, you know, it just snaps on and off. Pretty cool, right? Um, one of the things about these, though, they, they have a tendency when a fish shakes, right? You've got that one blade and you're going, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, we've all seen it, right? Um, you know, but they do have their applications, right? So, like, if I'm if if I'm changing and, I'm you know, I'm not using, like, really custom blades and things like that, I, I might use that if I'm running into situations where I'm changing colors, but I'm fishing snaggy stuff and I'm, I'm going to break some stuff off. I'm probably going to do something like that. And then the the standard like that you'll see on a lot of you know tied uh, uh, harnesses is this uh, just the folded clevis, right? So if you know you have like a money bait, right? You have that money blade and that money color, and you're just using it all the time, and it works in these in like certain light conditions on that body of water, and you want to make sure you don't lose that baby there's no way it's coming off this, right? They're pretty economical and, you know, you can tie up, you know, your, your uh, specific things that you're going to use day in and day out. Right. Um, but then what came out a few years ago is, are these quick clevises, right? It's, uh, it's, it's got a, like a little spring in it. Right. But the inside of it's all smooth. There's no, uh, there's really no way unless you twist that blade and have it come off that that baby's going to come off and you can run this thing on wire, mono, fireline, whatever you want to run it on, you're not going to run into an issue. So this is kind of what I use most of the time, right? Because I can get away with, you know, using it on all different types of applications. If I, if I get a wild hair and I want to change something, I can do that. I, I don't run into any issues. So, you know, some days it's sunny, some days it's dark, you know, you got clouds. I'm going to be switching between, you know, say a silver back or a gold back or a, a painted back. Right. And this thing, I've never lost a blade from a fish shaking. It just doesn't happen. It, it locked it in so tight. So, uh, you know, if you don't have these, Make sure you put an order in for them, but I'm going to grab some before you can get them. So uh, um, make sure I get some. But uh, <laughs> no. so I don't know if there's any questions on on those those things. I can talk spinners all day. You know, I grew up fishing them, you know, as a kid, you know, before 
we had uh even before we were doing planter boards on lake Erie, i know I'm, I'm dating myself but you know we would just drift them out the side of the boat when we were pulling eerie deer uh sorry pulling hot and tots or wiggle wards and things like that so you know they're just a a tried and true bait you know they're you can get as tricky as you want with them or as simple as you want with them. You don't need, you know, all the fancy stuff to use them They're, You know, you can literally let the wind kind of guide you and push you around to, to use them. So they're pretty versatile bait. Do you guys, I mean, this is kind of a salmon, kind of a salmon perspective. Do you guys change bead colors a lot as well? I mean, I, I know a lot of times like we'll, we'll change, you know, bead colors underneath the same fly and it, and it, you know, yeah. has a total different look is, is that, yeah. is that oh, okay? That answers that question, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. It, like, so there's if if you have like you know you want an assortment like we like walleye guys, we'll have hundreds of of spinners tied up, right? Um, some tricks uh, I've learned like if if you want to make some quick change ones where you want a bunch of beads on it, get a giant um, uh, uh, safety pin, right? put six or eight, whatever, you know, kind of match it to your blade. So yeah, like, yeah. yeah, if I'm using like, you know, a big uh, willow leaf, you know, I might be running up to like 12 beads with this, you know, five millimeters or six millimeters. If I'm running, you know, say a smaller Colorado, I might only need six. Right. So I'll have a, I'll have a, a I guess a, a safety pin loaded up with that. And then I can just, put the line through that thing and drop them on there. If, if I need to make a quick change, you know, it's, it's a quick way to do it. I I'm kind of obsessed. So I've got hundreds of them tied up and some of them probably never been in the water. So. <laughs> All right. We were starting to get a few questions here. Uh, let's start with uh, Steve Morris. Steve says uh, on your worm harnesses, do you like twin blades or single blades? You know, I'm a, probably 90% of the time single blades, but I'm typically you know, using it in um, where most more of the eastern guys are going to go a lot faster with them. Most of the time, I'm on the western basin or other applications where I'm pulling a little bit slower, and I'm switching between like I'm using Colorados a lot. You know, things in something to pay attention to in the Colorados is like the back of the blades color, right? That's just as important as the front of the blades color, and. You know, there there are some times where I'll run a, a double willow leaf, but that's usually like clear open water and I'm running really fast, right? So I'm looking to cause as much flash out there. It's not about the vibrations, more about the flash and making it look like a school of bait moving through versus presenting a, a wounded slower bait. Yeah. All right. Uh, Greg's got a question from Facebook. Greg wants to know if you can talk about the different sizes in blades. Oh boy. Yeah. So some of it's about matching the hatch. Um, and some of it's about, you know, how speed sensitive you want that, that bait to be. So, um, and then the other part of it is, you know, what part of the water column you're fishing. Uh, if I'm fishing near the bottom, I tend to downsize my blades. I go with Colorado blades. I get more lift out of that blade so I can, I can kind of, kind of work it on that bottom and have like more forgiveness if if i'm fishing higher up in the water column the forage is bigger i'm gonna upsize my blade you know it, it's not unheard of for me to go use even up like a seven or eight size colorado blades and, and some pretty w big willow blades 
when you get these fish in your live one, you bounce them around and they vomit up a one pound silver bass or a giant shad. They're not afraid of a, you know, a blade that big They're, you know, and you get them on crankbaits that are four inches long plus with the bill. So you think you take that into consideration, you know, it, it really depends on what, what's in that forage basin and what, what time of year it is too. Right. Because the size kind of varies on the, on the forage as the year progresses. Larry, uh, over on Facebook again, NASA uh, asked, uh, you know, and you mentioned this, you have hundreds of liters tied up. What pound test line do you uh, tie with and uh, mono or floral? I'm more of a floral guy. I, I tend to stick around, um, a 15 pound test fluorocarbon. I like leader material fluorocarbon. It's it's a little bit stiffer, but it's more abrasion resistant. Uh, we started switching to recently is um, it's a soft steel super stretch fluorocarbon. It has you know all the properties of um, uh, regular fluorocarbon as far as being invisible in the water, but also has great knot strength. Uh, really abrasion resistant and it actually stretches, you know, uh, versus say traditional uh, fluorocarbon leader material. But, uh, I like the, that the only time I might run a mono is if I'm fishing, uh, shorter, uh, harnesses, I'm fishing bouncers and I'm fishing them on the bottom in a river where I'm pulling them downstream. I like the fluorocarbon, I'm sorry, the, the mono, cause I get more lift out of, the uh, out of that leader. Yeah, that's a that's a key little detail. Uh, trebles or singles? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a singles guy. You know, I know it's, it, people will get mad at me for that, but uh, uh, just because kind of I'll say I have ADD where I'm moving it in the water column, so I like dropping baits and raising baits all the time. So the single I can get away with, you know, skirting around on the bottom a lot better. Um, but I I typically tie a three hook uh, single. Uh, it's really important that, you know, you, you get really familiar with how to lay that bait in your hand as you're tying it. But once you tie up, uh, a few of the, uh, uh, you know, the snell knots, you can do it in a minute, right? You can tie a three hook harness in a minute. It doesn't take long, but, uh, I like it just cause I can get, you know, better spacing out of that, out of that. So like, if I, I might space them like that far apart, right? We were playing up here. Bob was trying to test me if he could tie him faster than me. I don't know. We're, <laughs> we're kind of, I think we're kind of neck and neck, but I got him on the stinger hooks. So I, I got him on that. So, so yeah, I like, I like the singles. It just, it gives me more ability to run closer to the bottom. But if you're fishing suspended fish, you know, that a light wire treble hook, gives you more hook points. You know, I even know guys that'll bend the, uh, the, the, uh, the harnesses or sorry, bend the, bend them. So you get uh, two points sticking them. So that would be like an example there of, a uh, of, a uh, one with a treble. And that's about, about what typically the spacing a guy's going to run on it. Right. And then with this, you know, you, you kind of get like that hand length, uh, between the two. Right. So when you're tying it up, you get a good reference point. Unless you got really little hands, then you might want to go hand length and that. Cool. All right. Uh, we got a question from Captain Lance Valentine once again. He'd like to know what's your favorite oh time for tying harnesses. And then, uh, well, geez, I guess we just asked. We just asked that, yeah. So that was Lance's I, I doubled that one up. So I, 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 I missed you there. Yeah, no. All right. Yeah. 
Lance is an old friend of mine, so yeah, I, I was expecting a zinger from him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we get a few of those once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Jim would like to know: Do you build slow death harnesses? You know, I I tie slow death harnesses uh, sometimes, but there's a there's one from Walleye Nation I like. It's I think it's called the Double Trouble Harness, so it, it has a a treble hook in front of it and one behind it. So I'll use those at times and they have a float on them. Um, I, I do tie though, uh, man, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'll tie them behind the, um, the smaller spoons. So like you can buy the spoon blanks here and I'll tie up, uh, and there's no beads in between that spoon and, and the slow death and just a gap between it. Right. And then, you got all the flash like a like a dodger for uh no yeah here's an example of like the spoon i'm talking about not really necessarily how this this harness is behind it but i'll just put a gap between here and then i'll have a slow death just kind of working behind that and when they're really finicky that flash it's like a dodger right it's going through the water and then they just see this dumb worm i don't know what the hell they think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going you know kind of running around in a circle behind it and, it, and it, they're just curious, right? And then it doesn't smell bad, so they they eat it, right? I think I think we might have I think we might have coaxed a coaxed a secret out of you there, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's your zinger. This one's from Ryan Miller. He wants to know who's the best stick on the team. Uh, you, Van Dyke, Sleeman, or uh, Defabaugh? Yeah, I like. Can I say no comment? Right? <laughs> that's yeah, the, that's the safe answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's it's a great group of guys I get to travel with uh, this year. You know, uh, uh, I've got to know them all well over time. Wayne, you actually got to pronounce it Wanye if you ever meet him. That's the real pronunciation of Wayne. Wanye Midwest, um, <laughs> great guy. I've known him forever. You know, uh, I'll I'll say this: I guided him on his first ten pounder. So you know, he will never admit it. But um, you know, and then. Craig, you know, great up and coming angler. It's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's he's been doing it for a long time, but he's made the jump full time over, you know, onto the to the NWT. So I'm really excited to see what he does this year. And and Mike, man, yeah, it, um, you know, per tournament uh, in the NWT, you know, I'm a statistics guy. There's nobody that has better stats than him. I just done more of them. That's all. Oh. People want to know more about Jan's Netcraft. How do they do it? Uh, what's the best way for them to, to find out more? Yeah, jansnetcraft.com. You know, you can you can log on there. You can get uh, you can get sent to catalog, right? And you know, some people really like the paper catalog and and really get to to look at everything on there and really find details. So come down to the store and mommy. That's another option. But uh, you know, online, get the catalog, get on the mailing distribution, and you, you can find out everything they have from rod building all the way to tackle craft. So awesome. Ed, thanks so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you having on. You're always a, a great guest, and uh, it was good talking to you tonight. Good luck and uh, safe travels out there on the tournament trail this year. I really appreciate it. It's great talking to you guys. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.